welcome to Backboard Banter on the board with your host Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter's ass ferocious as Keenan Thompson's joke towards Maple Leafs and Maple Leaf fans in general. It makes me happy that, you know, I'm not the only one that's ripping on Leafs fans, but hey, nice to see them winning some awards this late into the season. Man, that was ruthless, and I love how the NHL just automatically just cuts to commercial after he says it, just like Mike drops it. Uh, it was it was pretty funny, man, but I, hey, you know, joke's on us. Matthews wins the heart, the 10th Lindsay, the Rocket, like he's got all the awards, so what does he care? Yeah, I mean, Leafs fans should be happy that they're getting some awards, that some things are happening, that they get to be talked about this late into the season. But I mean, you're over here going, "Wait, what's happening? The 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 NHL playoffs? It's not over yet, and wait, we're getting awards already? So weird, so weird, man. I mean, like in between game days, like Kale McCarr is accepting the Norris Trophy, <laughs> like they still haven't won the Stanley Cup. Nobody's handed that out. It's it was just a weird, weird year. I mean, that's just sports as well in general. We're just dealing with all kinds of things. But, Matt, it's the NHL Finals. Can you believe it? Avs looking like they're holding strong in six for me game four tonight. I'm hoping out for, you know, a victory over here. Hey, man, uh, they look like the more dominant team. I mean, maybe not last game, but Tampa Bay at home has been unbelievable. They haven't given up a... um, a five-on-five goal since the first round to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Wow. So that's that's a pretty impressive streak going on right there. Um, and, yeah, they, they were able to beat the Rangers, which I did not anticipate them doing. I thought the Rangers were going to have their number. Igor Shosturkin, like, he looked so good in that series, but just didn't get enough help. Um, probably why he won the Vesna, though. You know, doesn't get enough help, but dragged that team all the way there little consolation prize for the guy but I mean we talked about it we wanted the Rangers just because we thought the matchup might be a little better and after that 7-0 shellacking in game two we're over here like maybe we were right but thankfully the Lightning did bounce back in game three yeah absolutely man uh it's gonna be a good series I think you're totally right though I think absent six is definitely the right prediction I'm not worried about it at all anything else you want to talk about some more awards Ah, oh, yeah, I mean, like, you know, Moritz Sider got the, the call there. Probably should have been Coles if uh, Martin St. Louis was the coach all year. Bergeron winning the Selkie, again, based on reputation. But, hey, if he retires this year, it's a, it's an awesome way to go out. Um, I'm just really excited for Game 4 tonight, man. I mean, Lightning versus the Avs. Game 4, pivotal game for the Lightning to, to hold home, home ice. And uh, we'll see if it happens. I, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, kids over here. I mean, I'm over here, you know, a couple days ago when, when Game 3 was happening. Me, sad man, no basketball anymore. I was like, oh, there's still sports. I could tune into the NHL Finals. Let's go. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'll be on a plane, actually, tonight. So, it's not going to matter. I'm not going to get to watch it. But, hey, it should be exciting. Yeah, I mean, besides the last two games, the NHL has been closer games than the, the NBA games. So, it's it's always nice to tune into competitive series. Um but yeah, I think that's it for the NHL, man. Don't really need to talk about it that much because uh, it's, it's ending. I can't believe the awards already happened. It's a weird one. But let's just talk about some basketball, man, because it's been a long time since we've you know, done the podcast. Somebody was just ignoring me and, and doing his own thing for the last <laughs> week and a bit. Um, blaming you, Kevin. Oh, yeah, hit me with it. No, I deserve it. I, I, I dropped the ball last week. Let's be honest here. But yeah, that's look, cool. there's... There's so much going on. We got two whole weeks of basketball to cover. It's the off season. The draft is tomorrow night. We got a lot to break down and think about. But first and foremost, our favorite things that I mean we're surprised even happened. We get to talk about some trades here. A little bit of shifting, a little bit of movement where 
probably a lot more of that is going to happen tomorrow night. There's so many rumors about trades. Nobody's happy about the draft. But let's start about what we know. First things first, a very easy, simple trade. OKC, once again, collecting more draft picks. Jamichael Green and a 2027 top five protected first for the 30th pick in this draft and two future seconds. The Nuggets, I guess maybe they want a chance to see if Nikola Jovic is still on the board at 30, but I don't know, weird trade. Hey man, I've been hearing some pretty bad things about this guy, um, <laughs> Nikola Jovic. Um, you know, a lot of players in that league right away who have been drafted and been notable NBA players have been pretty dominant right away in that league. Uh, you know, like Saric, Nurkic, Jokic himself, Bogdanovich. You know, mm-hmm. there's lots of those guys, but Jovic just didn't really have a great season, so that would worry me if I was a Nuggets fan trying to go after him. Uh, but they're just trying to add talent, man, because. Maybe they're going to trade Michael Porter Jr. Maybe not. Um, and OKC just doing the right thing, man. Um, you know, hopefully the Nuggets implode maybe, and by 2027, you, you get a top 10 pick. Maybe. It's so far away that the pick can really be anything. And the Nuggets, they're in such a weird place. They're almost primed to be relevant next year if they can be healthy. But again, can they be healthy? is the better option to trade Michael Porter, to have a healthier player. Like, conversations for another time. Nuggets fans are hoping and praying that they can actually be relevant because they're a really good team and they just keep falling flat at the end of the day. Yeah, it's it's not their fault, man. The injury bug just really, really kind of killed them this year. Um, I think they're going to be back next year. I think people forget how good Jamal Murray is. Absolutely. Um, and him and Jokic definitely form you know, one of the most dynamic duos in the NBA and added Michael Porter Jr., that's definitely one of the most dynamic trios. I'm excited to see it come back. You know, Jokic Jeff is back-to-back MVPs, hoping to continue his success. But let's move on. Let's talk about the spicier trade that happened. Christian Wood is officially out of Houston. He's going to the Mavericks. The Mavs making an interesting trade, giving up a bunch of assets that don't play plus the 26 pick in this draft for a player that might be the answer is this just Chris is this just Porzingis all over again or is this maybe a better direction Matt I think it's a better direction um you know Christian Wood has bounced around the league a little bit but he's been really solid for that uh, very poor porous Rockets team um I'm really sad that Boban's gone you know yeah. him and Luca and their their friendship I feel like Boban is loved by every single player in the league. You know, when he got traded from the Clippers, PG was sad, or and Tobias Harris was sad. Like, it's just, poor man. <laughs> I mean, how can you not love the guy? He's so funny. He's just this massive tall freak. I mean, I, a few years ago, I was joking with Matt about how we need more Bobons so that we could just, like, make a line from the center court and just pass the ball over our heads into the basket. He's that tall. It's crazy to see, but... Yeah, sad to see Boban go. But trading Sterling Brown and Marquise Chris, basically, for Christian Wood, it's it's a big win for the Mavs, I think. You know, he's going to settle in. Luka's going to have another big option who hopefully can have a little bit more versatility than the bigs that he was dealing with last year. And the Rockets, they get more assets to keep their rebuild going. And I, I think you also get a player who... Like, he can create his own shot. He can go and he can get a bucket where they didn't really have that in a big form this year besides Luka. Um, Jalen Brunson is an RFA, so who knows if they get to keep him. Yeah. Um, 
I looking at that roster, man, I just don't understand how they got to the Western Conference Finals. Like it was Luca and a bunch of spare parts, and it worked out. Like yes, Jalen Brunson was good in the playoffs, but man, what the heck? There's a reason that we have LeBron comparisons for the guy. He's just that good. He raises everyone's both floor and ceiling around him. So hopefully this is a big win. Hopefully the Mavs can keep going. Matt and I both want to see more of Luka in the playoffs. It was a treat this year to see him go as far as he did. And I mean also since he beats the the Clippers every time. I'm never going to be upset. Let's keep it going, Mavericks. (laughs) Yeah, man. Oh, man. Christian Wood, I think, is is definitely going to elevate their floor. Um, I don't know if he pushes their ceiling to where they want it to be. And they're definitely going to have to do some more roster maneuvers if they want to beat, you know, the likes of Golden State, if they want to beat, you know, Memphis. Uh, Because I see Phoenix kind of falling off next year. There's so many different ways. The league is going to be in a different place, a weird place next year, but... Yeah, not much more about this trade to talk about. The Rockets' side of things is really just them collecting assets, trying to figure out their future. They're so young now. Crazy to think when just a couple years ago they were the team with James Harden who hadn't missed the playoffs in eight-plus years. They were trading for Westbrook. They had John... Oh, my God. Craziness all around for Rockets. We'll see where things go from there, but let's move on, Matt. Let's talk about some coaches. As Matt knows, coaches are my absolute favorite thing in the NBA. I love coaches. I think they're so valuable, so important. And we had a really interesting situation because Kenny Atkinson, as of last week, was basically verbally agreeing to go be the new Hornets head coach. And now after a championship, he's going to stay. Now there's some interesting things. Apparently his kids really liked Golden State. They wanted to stay there. And apparently the Hornets weren't willing to pay the money that he wanted for his assistant coaching staff. Fun fact, the Hornets are a bottom five team when it comes to spending on coaches in the NBA. Jordan, my man... Kenny Atkinson was lining up to potentially be the right coach, and now you're you're maybe hiring D'Antoni. I don't even know where they're going to go from here. Yeah, I, I've heard some some rumors out there, but I think Kenny Atkinson was definitely the man for the job. And to have like just just because you're a cheaper owner, like him to to leave that opportunity is is pretty poor. And um, man, the Hornets stay in the Hornets. It's it's why bad franchises stay bad, right? Like yep. they make poor decisions at pivotal pivotal positions in their organization, and then they can't get out of it because they keep making the wrong choice. The other side of that coin is the Memphis Grizzlies, the organization making the right decisions. Taylor Jenkins just got a three-year extension. And after what he just did with that young team, with the core that believes in him so much, I love the fact that he now doesn't have to think about his contract, that he gets you know, the, the safety net put under him and can keep building up with this young team. Because the Grizzlies, unlike the Hornets, are here to stay. Yeah, I, it's the smartest idea you can do, man, when your coach shows that he has the potential to raise the entire team up above its ceiling because nobody predicted the Memphis Grizzlies were going to be the second best team in the NBA this year. Nope. Um, for him to do that, for him to pull the kind of stuff that he did out of John Morant, out of Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., like that's what you want in your coach. And when you have it, you've got to lock it in. Look at the Raps and Nick Nurse, man. I mean, he got us a championship and we locked him down because we need that man to you know, play the kind of style of basketball that we want to play. It's it's super important. I think coaches are so valuable. Milwaukee, you might have won the championship with a different coach. I can't not 
put a dig into Bud over here. But that's it for coaches. We might get some more exciting things. There's definitely a bunch of jobs still open on the market. So as the summer goes on, as summer league rolls around, as the draft happens, there's going to be more coaching rumors. I mean, the Jazz still need to figure out their coaching situation. Now, bring up the Jazz real quickly. Matt, have you seen the rebrand? Have you seen that they're going back to purple? They're bringing back the old school look. I myself am a fan over here, I gotta say. Dude, I'm a fan of the, the jerseys, but I'm not a fan of the team. And They're going to have to blow it up and... I don't know how they blow it up. We've talked about it before. How much value does Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert have? Donovan Mitchell is definitely more of a, a two in this league as opposed to a number one player. Um, so how high can your ceiling go with him as your number one? And, and is he going to go to New York? Is New York going to be willing to you know, let go of R.J. Barrett for him? I wouldn't if I was New York. I'd take R.J. Barrett all day of the week. I mean, New York, one of those teams that is going to be in the rumors for all of these potential names. There's The free agent market might be opening up shortly. I mean, there's the jokes about Kyrie and what's going on in Brooklyn. And, I mean, let's be honest. You know New York would move heaven and earth to try to get Kyrie on their team. And what a conversation that would be to see Kyrie in the Knicks and KD on the Nets. Oh, Matt, spicy. Dude, I just don't see it happening. I think Kyrie doesn't have very much leverage when it comes to his contact contract situation but i don't think the nets have very much leverage um kyrie is arguably the most talented guard in the nba um when he's on the court the things he can do with the basketball the way he can score he might be arguably the best small finisher of all time in nba history like finishing around the basket this man is an absolute wizard even getting to the paint he's a wizard and then when you look at his trade value, I mean, people are saying that, like, you know, maybe Kyrie for AD, but if you trade AD, you got to get more back than Kyrie, and it's AD's a broken-down version of himself. And so you're, it's just this weird situation right now with Kyrie. Um, I think he just plays for the Nets next year. I think he just accepts, like, a two-year contract or they pay him whatever he can make, you know? The fact that the conversation is currently getting to the point where people are thinking, oh, Kyrie might just take the mid-level exception and go join a team. You really think Kyrie Irving is going to take, what, 20, 25, 26 million dollars off his contract just to go play where he wants? Ha! You know nothing about Kyrie Irving at that point. The guy literally is in a contract dispute because they won't pay him enough money. Come on, people. Stop it. I, like, I'm disgusted by the mid-level exception talk. Yeah, like like he's gonna just take less money to go somewhere else. And anyways, it's it's enough about Kyrie. We don't need to talk about him, man. So let's talk about some of the other potential free agents. Let's talk about the opt in and opt outs that have been happening. The big conversation topic. I'll bring up Bradley Beal right now because it's it's only a rumor because he hasn't officially opted out, but. Looks like the man is opting out, and that means he's either getting a big, almost $250 million paycheck from the Wizards, or 185 ish from any other team. He's definitely the number one free agent if he decides to opt out. Look, I don't actually expect him to opt out completely. Well, I think he's going to opt out, but I think he's going to try and re-sign with the Wizards for a sign-in trade. Um, like, it's okay. a lot yeah, yeah. of money that he's leaving on the table there. True. Um, and so, what I you know kind of foresee is him trying to make his way to either miami or if i was him i try to get to the lakers I'm, if you're gonna take the less money 
go to a big market franchise like the Lakers where you can make it up in advertising dollars. Exactly. Um, yeah. That's that would be my plan if I was him. If he's really truly about winning, like he said, um, I think he, LeBron, and Anthony Davis, and like you could just trade Russell Westbrook for scraps at this point, like maybe a twenty twenty eight second round pick. Like you know, you don't need him on your team. Go get Bradley Beal, man. I mean, you got it right there. I mean, you know, Orlando's got $30 million cap space. They could take Westbrook. No, I'm, I'm just making jokes now. But I do like the idea of, of Beal joining the Lakers. I feel like that was the conversation last year or even two years ago, right? I still think they took the wrong wizard when they got Westbrook. But that's a story for another time. You know, it'll be interesting to see where Beal ends up because he's the type of player that can shift, you know, the dynamic of the NBA. He has that type of talent to go and join a team, to create a super team, to go and join another star, to create a dynamic duo, right? And so that'll be really interesting. I think about the other names on this list, you know, John Wall opting in. Of course he's opting in for $48 million. John Wall's never going to make that money again, unfortunately. I mean, I I feel bad sometimes ripping on John Wall like this because, you know, you remember him back in the day, how explosive and crazy he was. But this is just the reality of the NBA. You get to a point where you get too old, your body isn't keeping up, and unless you're LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, your contract ends up not looking great at this point. Well, in time. He he just broke down, man. Yeah. Like his knees just absolutely gave out on him. Cause he was worth that money back in the day. Maybe not to the extent, like, but he was worth a max contract. Um you know, the Wizards just make a poor decision and he's actually been pretty serviceable with the the rockets he averages like 20 points a game which is like not bad it's just not efficient and it's not the same kind of production and and level of play that you'd expect from a almost 50 million dollar a year player yeah it's it's a little ridiculous but i mean it's what we expected going down this list looking at some other players here i think pj tucker is an interesting one to talk about you know he went from winning a championship with the bucks to deciding I'm gonna go try again with another team goes to Miami doesn't really work out so now he's opting out of that 7.4 mil to be popular because who wouldn't want PJ right like he is the type of versatile player that fits with any championship roster well I I think that's the exact point right there is that any championship roster or a hopeful roster can use a player like PJ Tucker Um, I think if P.J. Tucker gets drafted by Golden State, he could be Draymond Green. He has yeah. that type of potential. Like, you know, he's the glue guy who can play True. center as a 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six player. He's you know, can make the assists. He can get the rebounds. Not necessarily a scorer, um, but, you know, takes it seriously on the defensive end. Uh, if I was Milwaukee, I'd try to get him back. I mean, I still think he never should have left. But honestly, I love I love that Draymond comparison because, yeah, he's literally the journeyman version of Draymond. Honestly, just going to different teams, being valuable, getting everything done and doing what's asked of him. Like, that's – wow. You got me a little mind blown over here. I kind of love it. But I'm interested to see where he goes. I think he isn't the same level as Beal as the type of player that can, you know, move the dynamic of the league. But he can take a team that is – considering championship contention and give them a proper rotation piece that can help them get to that point. So I think it'll be really interesting to see where he ends up. Yeah, I mean, Phoenix could use him, especially if they're going to trade DeAndre Ayton. Um, There's, you know, quite a few contending teams that could definitely use him. So um, if I was Golden State, I'd try to trade Draymond and take P.J. Tucker any day of the week. Um, But hey, man, that's just me out here, a Draymond hater. Little by little. When I think about this list, there's not much else. Kendrick Nunn opts in for the Lakers, so he might be salary bait. Nicholas Batum opts out. 
So he's going to be a free agent. I mean, it's the Clippers. So the fact that he was like the second best player on the Clippers was kind of hilarious. Or was he on the Hornets? Yeah, I, no, no he was on the Clippers. Okay, yeah, yeah, but yeah. he again though, man. Like you know, they're going to get PG and Kawhi back, so they don't necessarily need a guy like Nick Batum. Um, you know, PJ Tucker would look good in the Clippers uniform as well next to those guys. That'd be Abs- a defensive monster. Oh, absolutely. There's nobody else that I, I think I really need to mention. Uh, Corey Joseph, you know, ex-Raptor, opt again for $5 million with the Pistons. I, I don't know how that contract exists. I just got to bring that one up real quick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Corey's going to get his money. Good for him. Um, I saw, like, a, a clip of him talking about how he cherished his Raptors time um, playing for the franchise and being back home where, where he grew up. Uh, but, Kevin... We got to get into it, man. This is what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the Golden State Warriors winning that championship in six games. Yes, you were correct. You had the Golden State Warriors, my Boston Celtics. Um, I guess I wasn't necessarily disappointed that they lost because, you know, Boston winning is not great as a Raptors fan. But, dude, like, I'm a a big fan of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum just absolutely let me down. I thought... You know, after the first three games, he'd find something within him, but the guy just had nothing for the whole series. His points just seemed empty and meaningless. It, it was a sad end to this playoff run, and I mean, Boston was growing on me. I think mostly to do with Big Al, because I was really loving the Big Al storyline that I was following throughout this, but it's crazy to think how hard they collapsed. I mean, wasn't there like a 21 nothing run in Game 6 that Golden State went on to flip the script? Because Boston started like 13-2 or something. It was 14-2, to two, man. And I'm uh, watching this game and I'm like, oh, I guess, you know, Boston's actually going to win this game. We're, we're going to have a Game 7. I'm sitting there, it's 14-2, and I'm thinking to myself, no way, Golden State. I was like, this is the team that I knew was going to beat them in Boston. And then... I figured once they once they won Game Six and they flipped all the pressure onto Golden State, I felt like you know Boston had a real solid chance to win Game Seven. But they just they gave it away, man. Um, it was it was actually pretty pathetic to see how poor they played in these critical moments. Game Four, you know, leading in the fourth quarter, and you let Steph Curry just absolutely destroy you. Um, Jason Tatum, where was that 46-9-5 performance from Game 6 against the Bucks, man? Like, where was that? Did he just run out of gas? Was it the shoulder injury that, like, I don't consider an injury, but maybe that affected him? Who knows? We might be hearing about something down the line in the next few weeks, right? But at the end of the day, it came down to potentially a young Boston team faltering at the end of the stage. Ime, a brand new coach, maybe faltering at the final stage. The fact that Jalen Brown was looking like the star for the rest of this series when, when Tatum was just not showing up. Like, there's so many different ways you can think about it. But I have to flip the script the other way. I gotta talk about Steph Curry. I have to talk about Golden State. Right? Game 4 Curry. Him dropping 43 points and Wiggins also had 16 rebounds in this game and we'll we'll get to Wiggins in a little bit but Steph Curry really threw this team on his back got the finals MVP that he deserves cemented himself in the history books as more than just the greatest shooter of all time by being able to win a chip before and after Kevin Durant and really being the answer because you know we were expecting a game six clay we were expecting something else but really it was Steph Curry's dominance and then Wiggs sliding in there, being the stud that we know he can be. 
I can't believe I said that Wiggins can't be the second best player on a championship team, and he proved me wrong, man. Um, especially being a Wiggins fan. Like, that just, it kind of irks me a little bit. He really showed up in game five as well. Like, that, they don't win game five without him. Steph Curry was so cold. Uh, what was it? Like, his first playoff game ever to not hit a three. It was a 230 game streak without hitting was- a three. It was 960-something days that his current three streak was on. It was insane for him not to hit a three. Absolutely, man. And Andrew Wiggins just attacked and attacked and attacked. And he really showed why he does have that number one overall draft title and and why you know people thought that he was Maple Jordan and all of that. It was he doesn't have the personality necessarily to maybe be a number one overall takeover kind of player. Yeah. But I also think that he was in a franchise in Minnesota that just, you know, it's a poorly, poorly run fr- franchise. If we could just talk about Minnesota for a quick second here, Absolutely. everyone joking about how they deserve rings uh, because they traded Andrew Wiggins and passed on Steph Curry twice and Clay Thompson to give them to golden state. Like it's, it's just again like bad franchise stayed bad like the fact that they traded andrew wiggins and a first round pick for d'angelo russell who isn't even the third best player on their current team yeah i think it's just brutal pathetic there's so imagine ant and kaminga Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many ways to think about it, right? Like, the, I mean, I made a joke last year in my article about how the Golden State might win a, might win another championship with, with the Timberwolves pick. Here we are, my friend. But, no, it's there's so many different ways to break down what's going on. And, and Minnesota as a franchise, we could rip apart for days. We could laugh about what they're doing. But let's also not forget that, you know, Ant-Man looks really good. Cat does look really good. But our current track record and what we've seen from this team means that we're expecting them to show up in the playoffs, but we're definitely not expecting them to win a championship or make a move that puts them to the point of making a championship. Not like Golden State did. Golden State did a lot of things to bring themselves back to relevancy. Honestly, man, um, when it comes to Minnesota, I wouldn't be surprised if they completely tank it and uh, waste Anthony Edwards' career and uh, Carl Anthony Towns' careers because they can't put together a roster but you're right man golden state they you know they straddled that line in the last pod we were talking about the fact that they maybe should have you know traded a player um you know for a guy like siakam you know how good would siakam look on that team mm-hmm. and i think that we were probably right in saying that because at the end of the day i truly believe that golden state had a lot of things fall their way for them you know they they didn't have to play, um, you know, a heavy dominant big who had a good team around him. Like, no offense to Nikola Jokic's teammates, but they're not. They're not it, man. They're not, not it. Not in that sense. I mean, we were talking about this earlier about there was no Giannis to go through. There was no Joel to go through. There was no Cat. I could say Cat because I'm trying to think of other bigs, right? But they really were able to thrive in their small ball environment and. When I think about this series, I do think of it as more of a Boston collapse rather than a Golden State victory. Now, I can't take away the victory from Golden State, obviously, but you know, you think about the fact that I'm pretty sure the game, the team with less turnovers won every single game, and Boston looked bad in all of their games with turnovers. And then, let me, let me just rattle this off for you, right? In Game 5, Boston went 21 of 31 on their free throws. 
I'm sorry. You can't drop 10 free throws in an NBA Finals. Tatum went 2 for 6. Brown was, I think, 6 for 10. All right? They both had almost... They both had five turnovers, basically, in this game. When your stars really fall flat in in those minuscule aspects of the game, you cannot pull through, right? And, I mean, obviously, Clay Thompson hitting five threes in Game 5 to show up and, and be a monster for, for a little bit was big. But I really think that, you know, Big Al disappeared throughout the series. Derek White had a donut. Apparently, he forgot that he had a kid one day. So, you know, there's there's so many different things to break down. Robert Williams wasn't fully healthy. Like, Boston really let this one get away from them. And if that isn't just, like, the story of this current Boston team, just constantly letting little things get away from them, I don't know how else to describe it. It's just wild to think that they got past Milwaukee and that Grant Williams was one of the best players in that Milwaukee series. I mean, the guy absolutely did nothing in the finals. Robert Williams, you're right. If he'd been able to stay healthy, you know, it's a different series. The fact that they were able to get 40, uh, no, they got 54 points or 53 points from Horford and Brown in game six and they they lost like Jason Tatum shake your head man 13 points 13 points in that game it, it it's a goal it's a golden state win but a boston collapse is the the main key for me here and that's why like i'm not so high on golden state repeating next year i understand that they're going to be better you know i understand that kaminga moody wiseman are all young players that are going to now be better and they're going to actually have wiseman potentially for a full season but i don't see draymond playing anywhere near what we expect a draymond level player to play as um clay thompson who knows if he can get back to that defensive and he's a wild form. card. Yeah. He's a big wild card, especially after the way that he was acting at the parade. <laughs> um, that guy is definitely having a good time. But again, at the end of the day, man, Golden State, they were able to rely on their championship pedigree. I think that for them, none of those games ended up being the most important games of their lives. Whereas Boston was... They have no championship experience. Their veteran Al Horford had never been to this stage. Um, and that just kind of hurt them in the end. And Ime, I think Ime did an, uh, a great job amazing. coaching this team. And I think he did an amazing job trying to adjust to what Steve Kerr was doing. But at the end of the day, his players let him down. When Jason Tatum, who was your number one player all year and through the playoffs and outplayed Kevin Durant, out he didn't outplay Giannis but went toe-to-toe with Giannis and outplayed Jimmy Butler just kind of disappoints that way you're kind of screwed yeah what do you do right and yeah it's hard you're going up against the dynasty of Golden State right and it's hard you know my favorite stat that I that I read up recently is the the fact that you know Steph and Clay hold 10 of the top 12 three-point playoff runs in history you got to go to this year's jason tatum doing 77 he didn't have that many in the finals so think about where he could be on this list if he flipped and then you go down to jr smith all the way at number 11 in that 2016 run thanks lebron for all those open threes my friend (laughs) yeah exactly but you know we we're living in a a very interesting age right because if if you take the nba and you talk about the finals you're usually talking about the best 
players at that time going through, right? You go all the way back to the 60s, and you could just put Bill Russell in by be, being dominant in all these finals for so many years. You go back to 80 to 91, and you have 11 of the 12 NBA finals having either you know Magic or Bird. Then you go to 99 to 2010, Kobe and Duncan. Crazy to think that Kobe and Duncan never actually Jordan. played each other in a finals, though, right? Yeah, I don't need. You want you want to bring Jordan and Hakeem into this for their eight years where they went to all the finals? Sure, that's a duo. But I think about the last segment of years, right? The fact that eleven of the last twelve NBA finals have had either Steph Curry or LeBron James in it. Like we're we're going into this new territory, Matt, of this next stage of what's the next things of greatness right are we going to have a Giannis era are we going to have a Luka era right is Tatum going to be able to come back and have another finals opportunity like it really is about being a star in this league and it's going to be hard to see well I think for Boston this is going to haunt them and this is the championship that got away um if you think about Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks I don't think they're getting worse I think Giannis is only getting better um, yeah. <laughs> if Chris Middleton was healthy this year, I think they beat Boston. And I think they beat Golden State pretty badly because they have zero answer for Giannis. And Marcus Smart, he isn't necessarily the same player as Drew Holiday. And I think Drew Holiday has a better shot at shutting down Steph Curry than, than Marcus Smart does. Yeah. And Clay Thompson would would probably buckle to Chris Middleton. And Brooke Lopez is way bigger, way stronger than, than Draymond Green. And so what's your answer for Giannis? Kevin Lo- Kevon Looney? Wiggins? Like, yeah, Wiggins is going to get destroyed, man. <laughs> like, I think what was so important for them on this run is that Wiggins came up against players that he was physically able to guard one-on-one like in the Luka Dallas Mavericks series he was able to out athleticism like provide more athleticism than Luka had and on the defensive end that worked against the you know Boston Celtics he's able to guard Jason Tatum and able to guard Jalen Brown Mm -hmm. and he's able to you know be that athletic wing that they need in the series and allow Steph Curry to just hit all the three-point shots that he needed to do and at the end of the day, man, next year, I know Golden State has the best odds. I would not be surprised if it's a Golden State Bucks final and the Bucks destroy them. But this is also the beauty of the NBA, right? This is also why we're such big fans of the way the playoffs work, you know? There's there's some people out there who say, oh, a seven-game series isn't exciting. Oh, there's too many games in the playoffs. It's not as exciting as, you know, a one-off like football. And, and I'm over here on the other side of the coin. Think about all of the factors that we've discussed when it comes to Golden State getting this championship, when it comes to Milwaukee falling short, Boston falling short. Heck, we could even talk about Brooklyn falling short, right? There's so much that it comes together to bring a championship. And yes, you can have one superstar that can be your catalyst to take you all the way. But you need role players. You need one through nine at least. You have to have all these different factors to be able to win a championship. And this year, Golden State had the right season, the right path, the right players, the right role players, and all the factors coming together. And and they're going to walk away with the championship at the end of it. Well-deserved and earned. But 
as we can say with almost any championship that we've seen in the past five to ten years in the NBA, if this person was healthy, if this had to happen, if Kevin Durant were a shoe size one one size smaller, like there's there's always going to be factors, and that's the beauty of the sport. That's why we love basketball so much because. Now we get the variance. We don't just say, oh, Golden State's winning because they have KD, because they have this. Oh, LeBron's going to be in the finals because of this. There's parity, but also, man, any team could be this close to winning a championship if, you know, the balls fall the right way for them. Absolutely, man. Ugh. You get hot from three, you know, um, you have injuries break the right way, and that's what it's about. So good for Golden State, man. They deserve it. Steph Curry definitely deserves that finals MVP. Um, and it you know cements his legacy it's hard for me to say that he's still a top 10 player of all time he's definitely definitely right there and if you talk about impact on winning and being able to build around a certain player you know you could definitely make the argument that he is top 10 but you know at the end of the day if you look at all the rest of the top 10 players in a one-on-one tournament Steph Curry's coming last ah Poor guy. Poor guy. He's just too small. Some of these bigs are just going to be swatting him left and right. But yeah, I think Karima that's Bill enough. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Oh, jeez. Imagine. Kareem. Will Chamberlain? I'm, I'm, Bill I'm Russell? Sure, I'm pretty sure Kareem in an interview the other day was just like, oh, I'm still the all-time scoring leading champ, but I've only put one three-pointer in in my life. So, like, you know, there's there's always hilarity of it. And, I mean, Steph's career isn't over, right? We talk about him getting another one, which isn't extremely likely. At least that's how we think about it. But, hey, yeah. Anything can change at the end of the day. But I think that's enough for, you know, this NBA Finals in my conversation. Yeah, man. Uh, I think we've got the draft that's coming up tomorrow. Um, there's a lot of rumors going around. Jabari Smith is, is probably a lock to go number one at this point, it seems. Uh, but this seems like a very, very weak draft in terms of top-heavy talent which makes me very excited for the Raptors at number 33 because it means that there's definitely some gems in the later rounds that just haven't been scouted out properly. And hopefully, you know, in Masai, we trust he's going to uncover them. Absolutely. But you're right in saying that it's a weird draft. You know, we got kind of spoiled the last couple of years with some of the names and some of the stars that we've really seen at the top end. And while I can't say that Smith, Bankero, and Chet aren't going to be those guys there just isn't as much hype. The fact that Chet is hyped up as much as he is, but he's not going to be the consensus number one pick and might even fall further. The fact that Ben Caro is maybe getting slept on. The fact that Jaden Ivey hasn't even talked to the Kings yet, because apparently nobody's talking to the Kings, which young guys out there, don't talk to the Kings. Go anywhere but Sacramento, please. Like It's a weird draft coming up. Well, Ivey's quoted as saying that going to Sacramento wouldn't be the worst thing. <laughs> But, like, he knows it's the worst thing. It's his nice, polite way of saying that he probably doesn't want to play there, but he might have to end up there. Um, I hear the the Oklahoma City Thunder, they'll really like him, but that could be a smokescreen to get more assets for somebody to trade up. You know, maybe the Kings offer up, you know, next year's second or first round pick or Davion Mitchell and the fourth pick to get Jaden Ivey. Um, Man, I wouldn't I think put it past them. Yeah, because they're the kings, man. Yeah. You know, bad franchises doing bad moves. Um, but there are some really interesting players. Like when you have a guy who literally didn't even play a, a competitive game of basketball ranked inside the top, you know, seven, eight prospects in Shaden Sharp, like, you know, it's a weaker class. 
and the fact that apparently the Blazers are like set on him if he doesn't fall at then, but he also could be a Michael Porter Jr. type character who falls all the way back, right? Like, there's so many different ways this draft is going to go, and I don't even, like, need to speculate about it, because it's tomorrow. We're going to know all of our answers come tomorrow. The only real speculation for us comes down to the Raptors now, and as Matt said, in Masai we trust, man. Our team has had a pretty good record. We know what's up. We could make some moves to move around, but, you know, 33, I think, is a good spot if we hit right to get a good gem yeah and I, and I honestly think that we can also get some undrafted players i think the raptors have proven themselves as one of the better oh, yeah. g league franchises and developmental franchises in the nba so guys are more inclined to sign with us because they know that we're going to you know give them a good opportunity to develop and become the type of players that they need to become you know um the, the the summer league schedule has been released and the Raptors are probably going to have a good shot at making a good run, uh, especially if Scotty's playing, man. Like, I wouldn't yeah. put a pass us to win. Um, I don't know if I really want him to play, though. Um, but, I, you know, it might be a great opportunity for, for him to show off those, no, those new uh, turnaround jumpers and, and three-point moves that he's been working on all summer because the, the videos have been encouraging, my friend. But, again... We've seen Ben Simmons do it. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm torn, right? Because, like, the one side of me is like, don't play, don't get hurt, please. We, we need you for real NBA games. But then the other side of the coin is, let this summer league be Scotty's team. Let him run the ball completely. Let him be the guy. Let it be his team. Give him a little taste of what, you know, five deer, five years down the line could look at, right? So, like, part of me is, like, hoping that maybe we get a little bit of that juju going on. But it's Summer League, man. It's always chaos. I mean, I remember last year when Scotty was talking about Summer League, how they were talking about just winning games, and then he was like, oh. And then all of a sudden, we realized that, yeah, only, the, like, the top four teams get to actually keep playing in the playoffs. So that kind of sucked. It just kind of ended. So hopefully it's a little bit more exciting for him if he does play this year. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I want to see Delano Banton take, you know, a step forward in Summer mm-hmm. League. Um, Justin Champagny. I actually think Julian Champagny would be a very, very intriguing option at 33. Okay. A lot of people think that he's going to go undrafted, though. And, you know, maybe the Raptors could do like a little, you know, pick up there like they did with Justin. Um, because having both of them would be pretty sick. I mean, I always I always like love and hate having same name and relative players in the team because I'm looking at them like, which one is that? Who who am I watching in this moment? But I'm I mean pretty the sure they're twins. Oh my gosh, they're gonna make it even worse for me. No. No, but you know, if if, if one champagne can do things, two champagnes can probably do things even more. But it's gonna be a really exciting situation. Obviously we've got We've got the whole offseason to look at. Our team is pretty much solid. The only real rumors that are happening, since we're basically in Raps chat now, we're just talking about the Raptors. You know, the OG trade rumors are still alive. They're still trying to figure out if we're going to move him. And, you know, I'd be sad to move OG. But when you think about our current roster and our team, you know, we're not moving Siakam at the top end, I don't think. So it looks like OG might be the next best option. Yeah, um... I agree. I am in pain because I love what OG has provided as a playoff player. He has never been healthy for a full 82-game schedule, which is unfortunate and is is a difficult thing. But when you have a guy who's a 16-game player, I think they hold more value than you're going to get back in a trade. 
and yeah. that's where I kind of get nervous. Whereas I see, I see Siakam specifically as an 82 game player, um, and even though he had a great postseason run this year, because I mean minus a couple games, but in the six game series he probably had like you know four good high level number one games, which you yeah. you know we haven't been accustomed to seeing from him as the number one player. Um, it's just tough for me, man, because I like OG's better fit into our age category. Um, I just don't think we're going to get the value that he's worth, you know? Like DeAndre Ayton isn't necessarily who I want back for him. I'm off the bigs now, man. I'm off (laughs) Christian Coloco. I'm off, you know, getting a center. I don't think we necessarily need one. I think we really need to fix our shooting because if we can fix our shooting... I think we're a much more dangerous team next year. Oh, $1.9 million opt-in Sveen Mikhailuk is going to have a contract year for you and maybe shoot two threes a night. We'll, we'll see if we get lucky. Bruh. No, but <laughs> we're 100% in need of some shooting solutions. We've got to figure it out. That's why we love the Scotty videos because, you know, if he can just be the answer for everything, we'll be super happy. But, you know, hopefully Gary takes a step forward and continues his trend because don't, don't trade Gary, guys. Don't do it. Come on. Think about how awesome the trade already exists. So unless you're getting like twelve players for him, don't do it, guys. So yeah, I don't, I don't want to trade Gary, buddy. I, I think we can't trade Gary. At the end of the day, he's too important to our team. Um, in terms of where we are, uh, we can't bank on Justin Champagny becoming a Gary Trent level player. We can't, you know, bank on anybody on our roster really taking that step to be where he is. He had a a seven game stretch last year that was only matched by elite elite scores kevin durant lebron james john morant that kind of level players and so when offense specifically our half court offense is you know a huge worry for us we need a player like that who can create his own shot who can knock knock it down at a high clip efficiently um and as much as i love freddie and i think freddie's the heart and soul of our team He's never been the type of player that really creates his own shot. He needs to, you know, use the help of others. He needs a pick and roll action. He, you know, can't just, you know, dribble, dribble, pull up in some guy's face. He, he, he sometimes he, he sometimes does though, and I don't love and it. Misses. Yeah. No, I mean, I still have flashbacks to twenty twenty playoffs of Fred just dribbling out the shot clock and then taking a poorly contested three but that's what no that's not what we're here to talk about all right we're here to talk about the future of our team the success of our team but you're 100 right we need to focus on our shooting we need to figure that out maybe we have the answer already in our squad maybe we don't the thing that i'm still struggling with is that the, the rudy gobert trade rumor will not die a week ago i thought it was dead and i was like sick we're not going to trade for ruby Rudy. thanks and then a couple days ago i heard that maybe we were 50 50 on it and i was like please no, don't get us in a mobile center who definitely would be very, very good for our team in certain aspects. It's just I don't want that direction for our roster. Yeah, and I think this playoffs and previous playoffs have proven in recent memory that centers are devalued, specifically in the playoffs, that you don't need a seven foot two dominant player to get to the NBA championship. Um you know, Joel Embiid didn't make it out of the second round. Nikola Jokic didn't make it out of the first round. Yes, Giannis is a, you know, 6'11", four, forward center. I mean, but he he plays like a wing. He does not play like a center. 
Yeah. And so those guys are way more important to roster construction, especially in today's NBA. And that's why, like, you know, we're so both so high on Scotty because he's that type of player. He's a bigger wing. Jason Tatum is a bigger wing. Yeah. Um, Golden State does not come near a championship trophy without Andrew Wiggins. If they had kept D'Angelo Russell, they come nowhere close to it. So I I agree with you completely. I mean, game game five Wiggins will forever be it'll be forever be known as the Wiggins game. The man literally put up twenty six points, thirteen rebounds. Like it was amazing, right? And we can't deny the fact that you need those type of players in the modern NBA right now. So hopefully, you know, the Raptors figure it out. We get our little six nine experiment continued and going, and we come into next season with some fresh faces and some. Uh, excited returning players to get another good season under the books. Yeah, personally, man, I think we've said it before, and I'll say it again. I just, I think we run it back. I think we run it back. We, I would love to add Julian Champagny. Um, he's a little bit bigger than his brother. He's six eight. Um, he had a down year this year uh, for St. John. He he almost averaged twenty points last year um, on thirty eight percent three point shooting. This year he averaged nineteen points on thirty four percent shooting. So it was a little bit down. Um, but I'd love to see, you know, a Champagne reunion. Because yeah. um, I really liked what, what Justin brought to our team last year. And I think that Justin definitely has a step to take. And I think he, I could see him taking that and being a serviceable backup for Freddie and Gary Trent in our rotation, yeah. which could fix, you know, our roster construction the way it is. But that's a lot of, of hoping. Um, if I'm trading anybody on the roster that we currently have, I'm trading Malcolm. I mean, it's reasonable, right? I mean, the, I don't think I have any other words to, to add or share to that. Like, we're on the same page, and we're just kind of waiting now. We're just waiting for things to happen, waiting for hopefully no changes, but maybe good changes, and then summer league, and then back to the season next year. Yeah. Um, two two guys that I would love to see us draft at number 33 is uh, maybe a John Butler or a Gabriel Procida. Both guys, you know, 6'6", six, six, shooting guards can shoot the three at a high clip um you know still young those are those are players that i'd love to see or you know julian champagne because if if i'm a big believer and you just step up and you take the player that you believe is the best player available at that at that position i don't care what the consensus drafts say i don't care what that team thinks or this team thinks what do you internally as an organization have debated it down to you take him because there's no guarantee that he gets to you know free agency nope. so i think we take best player available and i think he's a very very intriguing prospect um if you guys read john hollinger's you know top 75 prospects he's actually ranked inside the top 30 i think at 29 so and most people think he's gonna go undrafted i think it'd be a great swing and, and that's the wildness of once you get you know past the 20s into the 30s into the 40s right like you could just as easily have a Pascal Siakam, have a, you know, Nicole Jokic, or you end up with somebody who's out of the league in two years, right? Like, the, you end up with a, a, a Bruno Caboclo. No, I'm just I'm, I'm making jokes. <laughs> but, but seriously, like, you don't really know. So it comes down to hopefully getting the right pick and hopefully doing your due diligence. And as we said earlier, in Maasai, we trust, man. Absolutely, man. Uh sad man nba's done i know it's just off season time we're like all trying to figure out what's going on and where free agents are going to land and, and who's going to be available what kind of trades are going to happen 
It's just a just a weird time. I miss the NBA. I know. Okay, well here, let me let me get you jazzed up and excited for next year because I think this take is is really gonna get Matt excited over here, okay? Because you know, we, we talk about the NBA and we, we look at a, a first round pick like Wiggins who could could live in, 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 in awful situations for years and not be relevant and then the right situation comes around and hey, he's a champion all of a sudden. Well, let's talk about Zion Williamson, my friend, a, f- a former number one overall pick who Matt loves, who has almost done his rookie contract, and the Pelicans have still not really achieved anything until the end of this year where they started trucking along and the Pelicans are starting to look relevant. Matt, the Zion Williamson revenge tour is incoming. He is going to show up next year. He's going to play a ridiculous amount of games. I don't know if you've seen the workout photos of him, but the guy looks jacked right now. All-NBA third team incoming for Zion Williamson next year. That's what I got for you, man. All-NBA third team. I think that guy's going first team next year, man. The way <laughs> he's looking, um, I'm a yeah, I'm a big believer in Zion. I think he's going to absolutely dominate the NBA next year. Um, if he can stay healthy, knock on wood, because I really, really want to see it. This man is so special. Um, but I love it. I love it, Kevin. Um, mine, I'm going to go You know, stick with the Canadians. Uh, we're going to have four Canadians drafted in the NBA this year. Um, I think, you know, two in the top 10 is going to be pretty impressive for us and, and Benedict Matherin and, and Shaden Sharp. And then we'll, we'll sprinkle in some, some more prospects in there later. I really wish we had a shot at Leonard William or Miller too, man. This guy, Matt, Matt's in love with the Canadians. I mean, how can you not? We're slowly taking over the NBA. There's more and more Canadians every year. I mean, if Wiggins would play for the national team or national team would be even higher up on than they already are, but... You know, good times for Canadians in the NBA right now. Man, Leonard Miller, come to the NBA draft. Don't sign that G League contract. Please, please. Ooh, it's not no, happening. G League contracts have been pretty valuable for, for certain teams recently. So it'll be interesting to see what his career looks like. It'll be interesting to see what all of these new guys are looking like. Because as of tomorrow, there's up to 60 new NBA players potentially joining the league. Crazy for a lot of young kids. And so many guys are going to be signed as undrafted free agents to fill out summer league rosters. And, you know, like Justin Champagny proved last year, you know, you can find an undrafted free agent gem like Freddie proved years ago. You know, you just got to find the right player. You got to find the right guy who, who has it. So hopefully Abs- we do. Absolutely. All right. Well, Matt, I think that's it for today. We'll resume a normal schedule next week. I will be alive. I promise. I swear everything will be good, my dude. But anything else, my friend? Nah, man, you're good to wrap us up. Perfect. Well, thanks everybody for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like, subscribe, give us that thumbs up. And check out TheBoardSports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.